BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody. Welcome to the Tom Curran's Patriots Talk Podcast. Phil Perry alongside. We're in L.A. Prove too much for the man. That's a song. Midnight That's train a song that I would venture to guess 1% of our listening audience nah, Midnight Train to Georgia ever that heard before. Oh, that's a good point. Okay, fair. Um, we're at the Hotel Indigo in downtown Los Angeles. There's a Super Bowl here this week. The Patriots are not involved, but they're always involved in some way. And Phil and I are going to hash it out. This is a scene setter pod, Phil. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. The scene is beautiful up here, by the way. we got the sun setting down on the other side of the camera. I get to sit next to you. There's a fire behind us. It's gorgeous here. We I may would, never leave. The hard part about this, if you're watching this on YouTube, we're not sure that we love the pose for you people. Could have been worse. Could have been better. How's that? How's that? Is that better? Hello. <laughs> I How can't do you? that either. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about the commute because I think it's fun to, to bring people in on what happened out there. Right. And one interesting thing I had, I had some Vietnamese gentlemen from, uh, well, the guy I was sitting next to was from Dallas. He was a 70-year-old man. He had flown up from Dallas to meet his friends and nephews in the Boston area. They're coming out to L.A., then going to Reno, then going to Oregon. Didn't know any of this, but earlier in the flight, we're on JetBlue, and I had readjusted myself. I was on the aisle, and I turned off his movie. He was watching Mission Impossible. He was near the end. And I turned off his movie with my elbow because you know how if you go too far down? Well, yeah. I sent him right back to go. He couldn't find the movie again. And so now you have to start up a conversation and maybe even a friendship yeah. just based on the guilt alone. Born Identity? You like the Born Identity? <laughs> oh, yeah, I like the Born Identity. <laughs> you start touching I, the guy's screen. I, oh, I did. I poked oh, it. God. Here's action. Go to action. Um, Thank God I wasn't sitting next to you. Also, Mike Felger was in the row ahead of me. And I took a picture, which I, I'm not going to share with anyone because you can't do that. I did share it with Phil. He had his mask up, an N95, a little duckbill one, covering not just mouth and nose, but eyes also. So we used it as blinders. Listen, I think that's within the regulations and the rules of the oh, aircraft there. It so. wasn't illegal. It yeah. was just funny to look up and see somebody with a mask <laughs> just a completely mask. covering their face. <laughs> Um, which was a unique. So stand. that way you save you save on the eye mask that you might be wearing to help yourself fall asleep on the plane. You just pop that guy up a few extra inches, and there you go. Bing, bang, I boom. I also found that he's a quick stander-upper when the plane stops. Does that surprise you? No. Fortunately, he's a slim guy, so he's not putting his big old <laughs> Wisconsin caboose. I know, but it just mouth. puts pressure on everyone else. It just makes a stressful situation even more so, I feel like. When everybody stands up early, where are you going? I asked, Felger, where are you going? I asked You're my not friend, going anywhere. I said, do you want me to stand up? we got about 15 minutes before we're yeah. even going. No, no, we sit. Um... Last thing of talking about pressure, Phil. Do you download your pro, your your pass, your your ticket, your airline ticket? Do you check in no, online? No, I actually, it? I very rarely check in online, which is something that 
an older person than myself would be saying, but I, I'm mostly using paper tickets these days still. Yeah, well, it's funny because I, I do check in online and the pressure that I'm feeling lately when I go to try and scan things is unbelievable because I have a negative feeling when I go to scan that this isn't going to work, I'm going to screw this up. So I end up like this. Doesn't matter if we're at the office and need them. Doesn't matter if I was at the Celtics game the other night. I'm trying to scan things. They're not working. And I just start help. Help. Doesn't sound like you at all to be sort of jumpy and just full of nervous energy that way. That's not you. I'm going to be. I just can't believe that story. Trying to be relaxed this week. I don't know. All if right, you can so hear that in my notes. voice. Those are my just notes. The utter shock. <laughs> we talked already between you, me, and the skull crusher. There's a tremendous amount of traveling and general production and content anxiety. Yeah, but not not this week. We're not going to have that. I already set the scene. It's gorgeous. How could one possibly be stressed in downtown Los Angeles? I don't I don't know. All right. I mean, I could think of a few ways, actually. There's plenty of ways. Let's I actually have, like, out. five different things. Cut that. Skull crusher, cut that. Um, but the one thing shows you how little we have, you know, how relaxed we are. I want to start by talking about Mac Jones' performance in the Pro Bowl. <laughs> oh, boy. We're going there. Super Bowl week. We're starting with, I guess we should. It's timely. It's the, it's the it's event. It's a scene setter. It's and the I only thought, event. And I do think that we talked enough about the pressure that Mac Jones was under all season long and all he had to endure since he was at Alabama. And the fact that he comes out and gets the reward to go to Las Vegas and play touch football with all those other fellas and have a good time, I think that was good for Mac Jones. And he actually flourished out there. He threw some nice balls, started out 7 for 7 for 83, and then our rooms were open and we went upstairs. So we don't know what happened. Nice little ball to uh, to Hunter Renfro in the back of the end zone. What would you think about the personality shown by Mac Jones, Tom? Because I don't know if you saw this. I saw Did it. you see the lengthy scramble well after the whistle? <laughs> I think we may have to have that young man's hearing checked because clearly a whistle blown. And he refused because he wasn't actually tackled because it's the Pro Bowl and they don't do that. And he takes it for what he thinks is a 70-yard touchdown. Does a little dance in the end zone after the fact. Are we going to get big personality Mac Jones in 2022? Because we didn't in 2021. It will be very uh, incongruent because the huge personality is not matched by a voice and a style that verbally really syncs up with that. He's so, like, self-effacing, uh, you know, and stuff. And, like, you know, yeah, don't you think he's different with us than he is with his teammates? I do. I think he's goofy. I think he's fun. I think his teammates love him. Brady was goofy. He does not mind being a goof. I would like to see more of that. He tried. Not that he has to be a clown at the podium, but just be himself. He, he clearly is somebody who likes to have a good time. He's somebody who relates to his teammates, young and old. He works hard. We get all that. He plays for Bill Belichick and played for Nick Saban. We get all that. But just loosen up a little bit. with. I, I guess it's just it's a selfish thing. It loosen is. up with the media because he's fine. The teammates love him. He's got that checked off the box. The coaches love him. I guess it's just with us. I think, I think the fans in the media you know, would appreciate a little bit more of a genuine touch well, from be Mac honest. Jones. He better enjoy it now because I'm going to start scrutinizing contract and talking about extensions before too long and really pressing that. So he's got one year before I got I you start beat. I think I started that. doing that in early December. Matt Castle <laughs> yelled at me. So <laughs> and that's, when, that's, that's when it's a business. So you better have a good time now. Um, Patriots' main news for the week is being in search of an offensive coordinator. And Phil, you've talked about Adam Gase on the next Pats pod. We've talked about Bill O'Brien. Is there a dark horse candidate? Mike Reese did a nice job unearthing some comments from Bill a couple years ago about we got to have, when we hire, we're not looking to bring in a whole bunch of revolutionary ideas. The X's and the O's are basically going to stay the same. So that would lend me to believe that Bill O'Brien, for a variety 
of other reasons as well. But Bill O'Brien would be his first choice, I would think, because he already has those Patriots ideas right there. He's proven it. He was the offensive coordinator here. Adam Gase, maybe that's a strike against him because even though he has Patriots connections, worked for Josh McDaniels, worked under Nick Saban, he knows the language of the Patriots offense, that Earhart Perkins system, but he's never been part of the system. Here's my dark horse candidate, Tom. I brought this up on the radio the other day. Joe Judge. Yeah. Joe Judge is available. I don't know if you had heard. He is available. And I had been told a while ago now that had Josh McDaniels actually left for Indianapolis, you'll remember it was rumored that Joe Judge would be going with him to Indianapolis. But what I had been told was that maybe not. He was actually going to stick around to be offensive coordinator potentially. Okay, that's a potentially at the end. Potentially. Okay, so he would have been. It was not locked in. Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean. The interesting thing is he was a wide receivers coach in addition to splitting time as special teams mm-hmm. coordinator. So that was the only offensive duties he had with the Patriots. I'm not sure exactly what he did prior. Um, well, can I tell you something Bill Belichick said about him once? Yeah. He played quarterback his whole playing career, right? Okay. So high school, college. Bill Belichick went on and on and on one day when asked about Joe Judge, about what a great teacher he is. He could probably coach any position on the field. He was a quarterback, so he has an extensive offensive background. It was almost like – he was setting up for an offensive move for Josh for Joe Judge. Yeah, I mean, there's that. There's, I mean, Chad O'Shea remains a guy who's in the NFL, mm-hmm. and you know we're on the plane today. We're watching the 2014 or 2016 Super Bowls, and Chad O'Shea's kicking around on the sidelines. He was offensive coordinator, I believe. Split it with. Um, well, he was the offensive. Down he, was, he was by himself the offensive coordinator in 2019, but he got fired right at, at the end of that year. But he was the guy. There was something I understand. Albert, I believe, told me this. He got COVID. O'Shea did. He would have been with the Browns at this point during COVID. He's been with the Browns the last couple of years. Okay, then. I'm I'm off. Okay, so 20 and 21 with both Browns? Yes. All right. Somebody got COVID and got hosed. We'll get Albert to find out to the bottom. (laughs) He might have, and then maybe he couldn't interview or something along those lines? No, it was was a play-calling thing where somebody thought they had a, a duty. Actually, it might have been Godsey. Believe, I'm just, uh, you know what? I'm slinging it right now. So we'll get Albert in there. there We're was, in L.A., baby. There was some, uh, there was some reckless speculation right there. <laughs> okay, so hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, but what are you going to do? Um, As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Bill Belichick, we're going to transition now to the next topic. Bill Belichick, kingmaker. Mm. I want to look into this because as we look at the Brian Flores suit against multiple teams, we initially thought, okay, well, it's just Bill's, you know, wrote a text and he screwed up a name. But Brian Flores taking exception at the notion that Bill Belichick is someone who is signing off on coaches. 
thereby being an NFL kingmaker. And, and Flores says, well, that's that's part of the problem when you have an individual who is part of the network and the old boys network. I push back on that notion a little bit, just a little bit in that whether it's Brian Flores getting a job or Patrick Graham getting a job or Gerard Mayo ultimately getting a job, all of those are going to come with the recommendation of Bill Belichick. Romeo Cornell, I mean, so I'm not sure that, yeah, you work with someone, you're going to ask them for some kind of a, a recommendation, hopefully. And I would imagine Flores profited from that. So I don't know if it's an excellent example of the old boys network, but I do think it's a good example of how much Bill Belichick is a touchstone for organizations around the NFL and sought for his advice. There's no question. And do there you think that's been... wrong about my saying? I... No, I, I honestly, um, you know, I, I think some of the other things that are mentioned in Brian Flores' lawsuit against the NFL are actually a little bit stronger, unless he looks at just the lengthy history of, of the Giants in general and there's something there and there's something about ownership there and, you know, uh, Maybe he knows things that the rest of the, the world doesn't when it comes to how they feel about people of different races. Yeah. I mean, but the fact that Bill Belichick knew who was going to be the coach and maybe even had some input, to me, neither one of those really, in this instance at least, to me scream that this was a decision based on race. Right. Brian Dayball's 46 years old. He's coming off running the best offense in the league, arguably, over the course of the last two years. He's coached a young athletic quarterback. The Giants have a young athletic quarterback. And, Tom, the Bills, I come back to this, the Bills, sorry, the Giants hired the Bills' assistant GM to be their GM. Right. This is sort of how the league works, unfortunately. You know, I think at times there are people that don't necessarily have that that pairing, that obvious pairing. With a personnel uh, guy. With a personnel guy to go, and then they go as a team together. Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. Like, who's Gerard Mayo's front office guy right now? I don't know. I don't think he benefits from this the same way some other people do. Maybe he will down the line. So, um, but I, I like your point about Bill Belichick because we've heard it over the years, right? He's He's been involved in a number of coaching decisions, reportedly at least, yeah, over mean, the last decade or so. Consider the Giants themselves. They came back to the well and asked Bill Belichick, which I get. I mean, he was there. He won Super Bowls there. Um, he loves the organization and he's been emotional about it. But, you know, in 2019, I think it was 19, yeah. Um, Bill Belichick had asked his assistants when they played the Tennessee Titans or told them, hey, after the game, if we happen to not come out on top, you guys can go ahead and do interviews beginning on Sunday. Um, that then changed after the game, and the instruction was, need you to do your exit stuff, end of the year stuff, and hold off on interviews. Joe Judge was being sought by the Giants, as was Josh McDaniels. Joe Judge also had pursuit from the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Mm. The Giants asked Bill Belichick, can you let him come down here and interview? Belichick let him do that. Belichick additionally gave a glowing recommendation. Josh McDaniels didn't get that opportunity. Joe Judge got the job. In part, when you look at it, why didn't Josh McDaniels get down there and get an opportunity? If you want to be cynical about it, because it really would have sucked for the Patriots if Josh McDaniels left at the start of the 2020 season and went down with no quarterback in town. So the Giants went back to the well, and now they have another coach. But if you look, John Harbaugh, or, or we talked about the different individuals throughout the league who've been recommended by Bill. I mean, Brian Dable, the Bills are necessarily diminished 
by the fact that Brian Dayball has gone somewhere else. I'm not saying he's operating off a conflict of interest, but he will benefit from some of the recommendations that he makes, whether it be in the Joe Judge situation by extension or Brian Dayball. That's interesting. That, that, that's a point I hadn't thought of as far as Dayball is concerned. <laughs> Recommend Dayball. He gets a job somewhere else. Maybe Josh Allen isn't the same Josh Allen that we saw in 2020. Now you got a guy who doesn't know which end of the pencil to use trying to draw a place. <laughs> I don't feel like it's going to happen that way. <laughs> Uh, but that's an interesting that's an, send, an interesting line of thought. Send and I just, Patricia out to the Giants. I, to the, the reason Bills. I find it interesting, Tom, is because these teams are ostensibly competing with Bill Belichick, yep. and they're still going to him. I mean, getting a recommendation is one thing, but the Jaguars years ago allegedly leaned on Bill Belichick before they hired Doug Marone. Uh, you know, the Giants, the Bill, you know, whoever it is. And it seems like it's happened in more than one place. You know, John John Harbaugh is a good example, and that one they've been very open about. But that's a team that he's now competed with <laughs> at a at a very high intensity level for the last decade. I mean, think about think about the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, their entire franchise was shaped by Bill Belichick gifting them Jimmy Garoppolo. He put him on their doorstep, and I think Kyle Shanahan said, "Oh, it's a Garoppolo. Thanks." I guess <laughs> they've spent the last three years alternately winning games and figuring out how to get rid of this guy. So it, it is interesting. And it's something that we're going to take a look at as well. Um, just a couple more things before we wrap uh, from today. Um, Tom Brady, the owner uh-huh. a story done by front and Mike Florio highlighted it. And it mentions that with $450 million in football and sponsorship earnings, pre-tax, of course, Brady has other business interests that could grow and grow. Cryptocurrency, I'm reading from Florio's post. Crypto, NFTs, clothing line, TB12, production company, maybe more. Mm. He'll need to eventually reach oligarch status to become an owner. If he does, it would be interesting to see whether someone who knows the sport as well as he does would do a better job as an owner than someone who made a ton of money in some other industry and bought a football team or someone who 23 and mead their way into that's a great line. <laughs> Inheriting a 23 to me. One of the unspoken realities for the NFL is these owners who know how to properly manage a team is that they love to welcome really rich bozos into the club. Uh, the presence of poorly run football organizations makes it a lot easier to win football games. Brady would potentially be a formidable presence, channeling his uber competitiveness and his intimate, detailed understanding. Da, 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 da. Good stuff, because he's right. Look at this guy, Tepper, coming in. He's got a lot of money, and I don't think he knows his ass from his elbow. Approved! Boom! <laughs> Jimmy but Haslam a few years ago. If Brady could probably yeah. fit that bill. Yeah. If Brady got a team, you think it would go really well? I do, just because everything he does seems to go really well. I guess the one example of a star quarterback going and being a really important voice in a, in a franchise recently has been John Elway. Yep. How has that gone i mean i get they won a super bowl they won i mean it went pretty well peyton manning went there maybe because of john elway in some respects so they they got the payoff they got the super bowl they did they had von miller i think was there i don't know i don't know what the john elway timeline as gm was but yeah he was successful but i i still think that that's gming as opposed to owning and i think brady would probably be better suited as an owner where he could put the screws to people because john elway's shit he graduated 1980 Adam, when did John Elway graduate? 82? 1924. Come on. That sounds right. Let's go with that. Adam Hart. Adam Hart Come usually on. gets this stuff right. We are recklessly no, speculating out here tonight. Class so that's 83. Fine. He was in class 83. Right. With that. No, I think Tom's right. So, 
83. He's an older gentleman. He's six years older than me, so he's pushing 60. He's a hard, hard-living 60. I don't think he wants to necessarily push the same way. The point I'm trying to make is Brady at 65 is going to be grinding still. And I could see the challenge of having a, a, a team. It's going to take a little while. Next thing you know, he'll probably own the friggin' Broncos by the end of the summer. Do you think he'll have the ability to get into those situations that he has said in the past he doesn't often enjoy, which are rife with conflict and excel in those situations? Because I think it's hard for me to, it's honestly, it's hard for me to peg him right now, Tom, because on the one hand, we've heard about the four agreements for years, and on the other, he's leaving the Patriots out of his retirement announcement. And listen, they're two separate things. There I get two it. Sep- there's but. two separate Brady's. It's really interesting is, you know, you cannot be the sweet, loving, kind, hugging, gentle person that he is so often, and then just and own an NFL most- team. And own an NFL team, but also be the most one of the most you know violently aggressive players at his position in the history of the game. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I, I mean, do think the the competitive animal that lives within him would come out, and he would be able to channel that in his role as as owner. He could still be lovey dovey Tom Brady at home. I think you would see fiery Brady. It's a different setting, but I think he would learn to figure that out in the big chair for an NFL franchise. Took us five days to come up with a plan for Tom Brady post-retirement. Own a team. In Florio, in front row, sports, office, box. Um, What do you got planned for the week, guy? Uh, It's Sunday night, by the way. Sunday night at uh, 9 o'clock your time. Yeah, we just just got here. Um, No, I I would love to talk to as many people as possible about Mac Jones, especially with Joe Burrow playing in the Super Bowl. This is something I've written about before, but and we've talked about this. Who is Mac Jones going to be? Who can he be? Who is he more likely to be? Joe Burrow or Jimmy Garoppolo? I think there are going to be plenty of guys that have played against Mac Jones, who have studied Mac Jones. We're going to talk to coaches. We're going to talk to media people that were in the league just to get some perspective on where they think this player is going. Because I think Joe Burrow should be someone who is rooted for by everyone who considers them a Patriots fan right now. Because... He should give them hope. Good deal. If Joe Burrow wins a Super Bowl, Tom, that means you don't need a superhero at that position to win it. And you don't need Tom Brady. And you don't need a, you don't need a Hall of Famer. And you don't need a superhero. Mac Jones fits somewhere in that in there. area code yeah. with Joe Burrow. One of those little like, bar things where they do the thing and you have the circle with the guy's face in it. I yeah. don't know how those Yeah, and, and on I that, suck at the on that On that graph, the Joe, Burrow, Joe Burrow would have you know more athleticism and he'd have a little bit better arm. But... You know, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen are somewhere on top of the JW Marriott, which is facing us about you know a quarter mile away. Yeah, but Joe Burrow have, and Mac Jones are in the same hotel. But on the brain thing, on the brain right thing, here. on the brain thing, they're sitting right next to each other. Potentially, athleticism's down here, so you might have Mac over and down. Joe's right here. Sure. And Mahomes and Allen are back here. Okay, for those of you who are not watching this on YouTube, that made no sense. Mac but content. The bottom That's all you is, have to know. you got Mac content. We're going to have a hell of a week. We're going to send you plenty of information. Thanks to John Henry, the Skull Crusher, for producing. Adam Hart's here. We got Sports Sunday. We're going to have early edition, quick slants, Patriots Talk podcast, Boston Sports tonight. We got an absolute cavalcade of information and coverage. See you guys later in the week. Later in the week? All day. I mean, all week. Mm-hmm.